Hey guys, welcome to another Mr. R Show. I'm Ashton. Andy. And welcome to our new bi-weekly show, Political Perch, where we go over the big political news of the day. Mm-hmm. And Andy, uh, it's been a very, let's say, active two weeks in yeah. the political or political sphere. Uh, we're going to start... Like every night nowadays, you turn on... You go to Twitter, you just go on any CNN or Fox, and you're like, wow, he's doing this, or they're doing that. So it just feels like every night is newsworthy. Mm-hmm. So, guys, we're going to try to opine on – we can't get everything, but we're going to try to get the bigger stuff, obviously, the headlines. Mm-hmm. So we are filming this on the 9th of July, so just for context, so we don't know everything past this. Uh, topic one is going to be the COVID surge in Sunbelt and the Southeast. So, Andy, uh, a lot of new stats are coming out. A lot of people are kind of unsure for the last few weeks whether the new amount of cases coming in was really a full-on surge or if it was kind of uptick. And I think it's, no matter your point of view, it's pretty clear it's it's a surge yeah so andy looking at all these stats and i think we're gonna post a picture of some of these stats coming from texas the covid death rate has gone up a little bit the what what is it called andy the uh overall amount of cases have gone up in texas (laughs) uh uh, hospitalization has also gone up. That's a new stat I saw today was hospitalizations, which a lot of people are like, oh, hospitalizations are going down even though the rate of infection is going up. So that's another thing you need to keep on, keep your eye on. Uh, there's a lot of reports coming out of ICUs, like hospital beds, because uh, going up, if you don't know, a hospital only has so many beds, mm-hmm. and if you get to a certain point, you have to start sending patients somewhere else because you literally can't fit them in the hospital. Yeah. So uh, what, what do you think of that uh, development? It's it's crazy. I mean, it's a crazy time, of course. No one no one saw this coming. At least the mass population didn't see this coming. You know, You know, it's... It's, as you said, it's July 9th for us right now is the time of recording. So we're getting towards football season. Now we're getting reports of places like the Ivy League canceling all their fall sports. You have the Big Ten just came out and said that they're only doing conference football. So a lot of sports are changing. We do have the MLS that just kicked off. Was it the 8th yesterday they kicked off? Uh, some teams have already pulled back as cases are, you know, that more people can get infected in team settings you have states personally where i live in south carolina that it feels like nothing is different other than some luckily the county i live in is uh having a a mandated mask wearing policy so i'm very grateful for that but there are still many counties in the state that don't do that so that is why you know we're seeing increased cases in texas like you said in all throughout the southeast florida's Mm -hmm. been really hard you know you have disney world just opening there again so it's crazy to think, and you know, you have the administration that we have now saying that death rates were lower, and I know he also, uh, President Trump came out and said today that if we had, you know, if we did less tests like the other countries, we would have less cases. 
you know, trying to say that our increased cases is only because of us testing more, which, not to get too much into a huge full-out debate, but science disproves that, of course. Um, but Andy, I, I know you're a college student. I'm sure if you took less tests, you would get less Fs. I mean, <laughs> that's just... He is not wrong in that sense. It was... If I can find a way to put that tweet up on the screen, I will. It was just also bad grammar in the tweet. But that's what you expect from our president now. So, But just at that time, uh, we really need to cur curve this. I mean, We curved it originally to a certain extent back in May-ish. But then as soon as we had any sign of, of increasing development... Decreasing. And, yeah, decreasing. The second, yeah. the second we started decreasing... People stopped taking it seriously, and that was all over the country for a little bit. And the riots. But governments, <laughs> the governments started not taking it seriously. Certain yeah. states. Mm -hmm. um, are you done? I don't want to cut you off. Mommy, yeah, just to summarize, it's bad still, and we had for the first time sixty thousand new cases nationwide yesterday, uh, the eighth. So. It's not going anywhere anytime soon, and we really need to take this seriously before it gets even worse. Um, I think you saw this graph I shared. I think it was on Facebook where it was a chart, and it says that it had the initial surge, and it says naive, and then the second surge where it says, like, stupid or, like, ignorant. Um, I think... It is just a sad development that people aren't taking just common sense precautions. And, you know, there are a lot of reasons why some of this has gone political, where, like, one side feels like the other side's weaponizing it and vice versa. And we're not going to try to get into that, but simply your health, we need to not make health. A political thing and I feel like one side in particular has been trying to weaponize it and trying to make it a social warrior not social warrior but kind of like a culture war issue when in reality it would have been so much easier for him just taking the advice of health officials and it would have been way more politically advantageous for him to do that at the start and I feel like people would have given the president a lot more leeway when it comes to the virus itself had he been listening to the doctors all along. Um, and even not all along, if you know, you still have today, we're seeing these 60,000 new cases and you have the World Health Organization and the CDC telling, you know, telling the president what needs to be done. And he is going the opposite and actually pulling out of things like the, the World Health Organization. And we get, me and Andy both get, these organizations aren't perfect by all means. Oh, no, no, no. They, they're, they're, they're not perfect. But, like, what does it, who does it benefit? I mean, if anything, it benefits other countries because we're the only country with the worst death rate, with the worst infection rate, <laughs> in, infection rate. Literally, other countries are closing their borders to us. And not to mention, we're the only country where it's a major issue politically whether or not to wear a mask. Why is that an issue? That shouldn't be issue. It takes you five seconds to put on when you're in public. It takes you five seconds to take it off. And, like, you have videos of people freaking out over just being asked to do a simple thing for the health of others. You're not allowed to go in the 
crowded theater and yell fire. Just because you have a freedom doesn't mean it supersedes everyone else's health. Yeah. This is United States America. You can't just go around and do whatever you want. It it is still a society. Well, so, I would say yeah. you can you can do what you want, but you're not free from the consequences of what you do. So like you said, yes, you can yell fire, but you will be thrown in jail or fined or something will happen to you. Same thing with what the mask should be. You shouldn't force someone to wear a mask, but if they don't, find them. And eventually, people will wear the mask instead of paying the fines. The irony, the irony is the same people who's like, oh, that, that uh, Christian couple, they don't have to bake a cake for a gay couple. But the second a, a business wants to say, oh, we want our customers to wear masks, oh, how dare you try to infringe on my rights? It's just like... It's crazy, guys. It Try to be the nature oh, of selfishness, so, you know, plaguing our country right now. If you can't even wear a mask to help someone else out, not get a disease that could potentially kill them or spread to someone that could kill their family members. I'm not saying, you know, you know, we're me and you are both younger men, you know, so yeah. we're not we don't have higher risk of, of dying when we get this disease. Not saying we can't. People younger than us have died from this disease, but. If we get it, and let's say I spread it to my grandmother, who is in her 80s now, the, the chance of her dying is exponentially higher than mine. So why not? Why can't we just wear a mask to save those that need us? Mm-hmm. It's, it's just simple, and it's just mind-boggling right now. Yeah, it's simple health, and I hope everyone watching this tries to be, uh, tries to be mindful of that. Just do your part. It takes two seconds. And the ironic thing is, had we been doing this all along in every state all together, we probably would have our curve down to where the EU is, and we could have been reopening. The problem people need to understand, the virus needs to go away for the economy to improve. That's the thing a lot of Republicans aren't oh, yeah. thinking about. Because if the virus stays here, we're going to have to completely shut down or we're going to face a health crisis like this country has never seen. Yeah, to and speak you more will on, still have the economic collapse. To speak more on that point, um, I was I was scrolling Twitter the other day and some one of the uh, people I follow, you know, they were at Universal Studios in Florida. You know, they're reopened too, along with other theme parks. It, I saw they were in a line for a ride. I, it might have been one of the Harry Potter rides. I'm not entirely sure. But there was not a soul in the line. You see how, yes, they're reopening, but people are scared to go out. They don't want to get, you know, the, risk is, the risks are there. It's going to hurt the economy. These theme parks could lose a ton of money, if not have to shut down again or, or run off a loss because we're trying to force the economy to outpace health. When without good health, there really can't be a good economy. Yeah, and I know a lot of people just want to be like, well, you know, they haven't really proven masks to be, like, come on, use your common sense. You breathe. If you have a mask there, it catches some of what you're breathing out. That's just, you. one plus one equals two. It's yep. pretty common sense. We're not doctors, <laughs> but I'm pretty sure if you look at the countries taking this seriously, like the EU, and look that they have one-eighth of the infection rate we do, just saying. So uh, uh, one last thing I want to say: if you want to have the argument of we're testing more, that's why we have more cases. Fine. Look at our death rate. Look at the deaths compared to other countries. That tells you that more people are dying in this country. Well, can... I 
I like to also always say when people bring that up, I'm like, there are also people infected when you weren't testing it earlier. Yeah. So it's like, that's a mute point. That just means you weren't seeing how bad it was early on, and you were just ignoring it then, and you're trying to ignore it now. Mm-hmm. So, but long story uh, short, wear a mask, people. Wear a mask. Yeah, wear a mask. Uh, we'll we'll probably talk about more uh, in a separate video the impact on sports and stuff like that. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think that would be a good video idea. Uh, topic two. Uh, Andy, uh, I don't know if you uh, heard about the whole Duckworth controversy. Actually, so this I, have. Gonna... I have heard about that. Mm-hmm. So we're going to be talking about Biden's VP here shortly, but you can't start that conversation without bringing up the whole snafu with Duckworth, which I think she had what I would classify as kind of like a uh, – a very bad response, or at least from a conservative's point of view, a bad response to a very layup question where I think she was trying to toe the party line but didn't say it in a super nuanced way. So um, for all you don't know, that's the senator from Illinois who's rumored to be on the shortlist for Biden's VP. She's a very patriotic American she lost both legs in a helicopter uh, accident. Was it an accident or yeah, got, was it shot down? She was co-piloting one of her planes uh, when she was serving, and she got it uh, RPG down, like you said, lost both of her legs and received the Purple Heart because of it. Yes, Purple Heart veteran for, from a fellow veteran to another. I have great respect for her service, and I feel like she was one of my top three Going into this week, I I really, really like her. Uh, her public speaking, her charisma, that's been kind of a uh, kind of the area where I was like, I don't know how she would do as the VP nominee. Yeah. But when she came out during this whole statue thing and, you know, the right is trying to make the statues the number one issue in the country because, you know, that's the biggest issue going in the country, apparently. Uh, that was sarcasm, folks. Uh, uh, she comes out and basically says, well, we need to respect those talking about taking down statues of people like Washington and stuff like that. I get where she was coming from. I get her point of view. That's not – she wasn't really saying we should take down statues of Washington. It was more nuanced than that, but she said it in a bad way. Yeah. So, Andy, what's your reaction to her, first off, her quote? First off, we're not going to advocate either side of the spectrum on this issue. We do not want to get political with the monuments. We have our personal opinions. We really don't want to get too much into that. Um, but, you know, like you said, Duckworth was just trying to, like you said, she said it in a wrong way. I think what she wanted to do was kind of let people have their own opinions and to respect them. Mm-hmm. Um, but the way Fox, especially Tucker Carlson, you know how I feel about him. Um, but <laughs> I, we can have a video of how much we d- disdain Tucker Carlson later, but he decides to take this little grain of salt he found on, you know, her, her plate and use it to attack her the best way he can. And that is to call her such things as I'm quoting him here, coward, a fraud, callous hack, among other things like that. 
and ultimately his point was she hates America. I think that is one of the most ugliest things anybody could do. You're, you're telling me this is a woman who fought for our country, lost both of her legs fighting for this country, could have died for this country. Other people have died in her shoes. She survived, received the Purple Heart. Not many people received the Purple Heart, might I tell you that. Then, instead of just, you know, at that point, a lot of people would just right off into the sunset, you know, cliche, you know what I'm talking about. She decides to give her life then to public service to still serve her country, even with being a double amputee. I think that is insanely just asinine to say that she hates America. She, you can disagree with her on politics. We disagree with a lot of people on politics, Ashton. Oh, yeah, yeah. You question a literal veteran who lost limbs fighting for this country, and to call her someone who hates America, I just, that's one of the worst things he said, and he said some awful things. Yeah, so um, someone I follow on Twitter, Molly Jong Fast, uh, she calls his show White Power Hour, <laughs> and... <laughs> I mean, it's just, it's so disappointing because you can go after her statement all day long, and that's fine. That's fair game. She said something I would, I, in my opinion, was kind of stupid. Um, I'm personally all for, like we said, we're not trying to get in the issue. I'm for tearing down the Confederate statues through public means. But when it comes to founding fathers, you get in a little bit more gray area. It's debatable. And that's I believe that's her position, too. But she said it in a way where it came off where she's like, oh, yeah, they can tear down Washington. And that's not what she where she was coming from. But instead of going over that or trying to have a debate, instead, Tucker, which is a very common theme from a lot of Trump supporters right now is to just attack the messenger, attack their love of country, their patriotism, and just how much they are dedicated to the nation itself. And it's ugly, it's Mm -hmm. disgusting, it's despicable, and that in itself is unpatriotic. So. I think I want to say something real quick. I'm sorry for interrupting you, but when I was listening to your response, to my response, it kind of got me thinking of you have people questioning their patriotism. Does this remind you of anything in history, maybe during the 1940s, of a certain leader who would always say, anybody that disagreed with them saying, how how dare you not support the blank race? or You know, you know what I'm talking about? I, I mean... Let's be clear. We're not comparing Trump to any very bad leader in the past. Not I think any names. Just I, you can. I, I, th- I think our point here is you need to be very careful with just making patriotism itself blind and partisan. Yes. That that you starting in dangerous waters when you start treading that line, and I think we will talk about. Carlson saying stupid things like he says all the time in the future, but we wanted to bring this up because, you know, it's relevant to the race. I think Duckworth is a serious contender. Do I think this hurt her a little bit? Maybe. Um, Democrats don't care as much, but I think independents will look at it and be, that's a misstep you can't have. In this campaign, you can't give Trump free ammunition. You know, you have to let him just basically 
go off on his own and mess up himself. Yep. Um, again, I'm not going to remember this in a week, but I feel like this hurt her a little bit in this process. Uh, one more question, Ashton. Is, mm-hmm. uh, is Tucker Carlson a veteran? Hmm. Has he served any wars? I to be honest, it, it, it doesn't matter. It it does it really doesn't matter if you served in military or not. You My point is just that he doesn't have the right to call someone out for hating America if that said person was a veteran. That that's well, Yeah as someone who it my opinions are mine, they don't represent the military. I'm in the Air Force and I respect other veterans and if you have a different opinion than me, that's perfectly fine. And I even a veteran can call out a other veteran as saying like if they said they hate America, of course you can say they're not patriotic. But there's a line where just being partisan to the point where because someone is a different party than you saying, Oh, you hate America then or you hate America because you have different opinion than me on politics that is despicable and that is not what you know that isn't what america should be so we need to fix that and there are people on both sides yes that have done that before and we need to call it out no matter what side it is just happens to be carlson this time so let's go on to the vp talk i think this is a Bachelor for political nerds, almost. Who's <laughs> getting the rose at the end yeah. of this season? <laughs> yeah, so everyone has their uh, favorite. I think every cycle has uh, the person who's most thought of to be it. For example, uh, I think Tim Pawlenty was the McCain favorite to be it, or Joe Lieberman. It later on was like, oh, it's going to be Joe Lieberman 100%. Ended up being Sarah Palin. <laughs> so the favorite now for Joe Biden, I think everyone can agree, is Kamala Harris. That's been the longest running one. And yep. I think she, she's going to end up being in the final few. Andy, who is your pick or your few picks that you're like, you would like? And may I remind everyone, we are both not liberals. So we're going to pick people who are a little bit more independent or right-leaning just because we that's who we would prefer. Now, who we want and who Joe Biden picks are two totally different things, and we understand that. Yep. The, these are our preferences, not who he's going to pick. Now, VP is always a tricky, tricky one to decide because do you vote – do you – your personal opinion, do you want it to be more on who you think will do the best job or who do you think will help said candidate win? Um, which one is more important to you? Um, to me right now with the state of, our, state of our country, it needs to be someone that's going to help him win without a shadow of a doubt. That person, to me, at least democratic-wise, it still kind of fits somewhat into my ideology is Val Demings, um, mm-hmm. the congresswoman from Florida. Um, Florida is such a... Such a Battlegrounds said, "You know how how tough it is to win Florida. Both you know mm-hmm. flips a lot. We we discussed in our last video our Florida profile. Go check that out. But you know Biden needs Florida to win. I mean, yes, he could win other states and not get Florida to win. But Florida's always big and is what one of the states that secured Trump's presidency. So getting Val Demings from Florida 
auto, almost automatically clinches that state for Biden. One VP candidate that I want to say that I will not be happy with and would just be a total kind of slap in the face to his own party, in my opinion, is if he chose Elizabeth Warren. I feel like he's already stated that he was going to be a woman of color. On top of, you know, Elizabeth Warren having the somewhat controversy-ishness of when she claimed to be Native American and then was like as white as can be. <laughs> basically oh you're you're gonna get a lot of elizabeth warren supporters just yelling on our comments i respect a woman that's fine i just don't like her politics you know i'm independent so that that's just how, how i feel but mm-hmm. you don't want to choose elizabeth warren when you already made this statement it's going to be a woman of color and elizabeth warren has that kind of baggage that you don't want from a vp candidate Ashton, what about you? What, who? I know we've talked about it a little bit. I'm not entirely sure who your number one is, but if you had to pick, who's your VP for Biden? <laughs> so it's um, it's gone up and down a little bit. Uh, I would say right now is, and we didn't talk about this beforehand, but it's actually Val Demings. So I was wow. a little surprised when you said that. Um, <laughs> I didn't think it was her. I, I knew she was like in your top five. I did not know she was your number one. No, uh, I I feel like she's a great communicator. She is a former uh, police commissioner, uh, police commissioner, police captain, I forget which, but I I feel like she has such a storied history. Uh, She did so great uh, during those impeachment hearings. I actually watched those lives and I was just I didn't know who she was at the that point in time. You know, I've been lifelong Republican before 2016. So just seeing her speak and seeing her gravitas, it was very impressive. And I feel like for Joe Biden, especially with where her district is in Florida, I feel like she could be a critical key in rebuilding that electoral uh, chest or uh, I would say block. For Biden, um, uh, other ones that I really like, I'm still very, very high on the governor of Michigan. I is that who you think I was uh, supporting, or who who did you think was my one? That's tough because I know you liked a lot of different ones. I know you talked about how Duckworth was there, but I didn't think she was your number one. The Michigan one you were talking about, but I don't know. It could have gone any in either way for me with you, but I know it I was, didn't Demings. Uh, last week it was actually t- Duckworth it, until this comment came out. Um, yeah, the the comment it it's not a terrible comment, but to me it shows that she's gonna make some minor mistakes and she's one of those candidates she can't make a mistake at all because she doesn't have the energy and gravitas to like overcome it with a great speech the next week and her debating skills i need to watch some tape if she ends up being picked i'll do that but still it's like one of those things where she has to be on point and not be a distraction if she's not going to be this great occur like i said great speaking candidate so yeah i got she took she took a hit um harris uh, i think we'll talk about her right now for a quick second i'm not opposed to harris and uh 
I think we both can agree there's almost no choice Biden could pick that would make us not vote for him. Um, Unless by some <laughs> he, he turns around and says, Bernie Sanders is my vice president. I mean, <laughs> unless yeah, would, Bernie Sanders is going to grow some grow some long hair and, like, <laughs> become a woman. I don't think it's going to happen anytime or reverse, soon. A reverse Michael Jackson do. <laughs> <laughs> oh, what is that? Uh, I think I think Biden just picked Bernina Landers. <laughs> oh, man. That's, Landerson. That like an old, old white woman, long hair. Also Jewish. What? <laughs> Jewish. Oh. Jewish. I was... I, I know we're, we're getting we're, off the train tracks here, Ashton. No, um, I've something about Harris just comes off to me kind of like too safe, maybe. No, not too safe. I feel like she's more politically um, calculating than other candidates. Uh, I know every one of them are politicians and they have that but to her it's way more easier to read her as being like always politically calculating on her next move what can get her more power stuff like that and to me i just read that from her and it always rubbed me the wrong way and i think she is the most likely to be picked but somewhere in my heart just says she may not get there just because of how badly she ran her presidential campaign. Yeah, I mean, it'll be interesting to see who he chooses. I think he said mm-hmm. this me around August, so in a month or so is when we'll find out finally who that VP will be. But Ashton, real quick, you know, we're talking about vice presidents. Let's talk about a new presidential candidate that was <sighs> thought it was going to just be a joke because, you know, millennials and our generation are, are one of the kind. Uh, but Kanye West has officially announced his candidacy for 2020. Um, he is going to become his own party called the Birthday Party. <laughs> That's legit a thing. The Birthday Party is his political thing. He says he won't support Trump. Also says he will receive guidance from Elon Musk and, of course, Kim Kardashian. And there's already reports Elon Musk regrets endorsing him. <laughs> Elon Musk is going to be the vice president of the birthday party. <laughs> Free Teslas for all. You know, um... Just have, just have to talk. I think the only thing we should talk about other than it being, you know, completely stupid <laughs> it is... Come on, it's true. I like Kanye's music, but come on, he's not President Kanye. I'm not doing that. But um, do you think this will hurt Joe Biden at all? No, no. Do you think it won't draw? No, any- I don't. I don't even think he's going to get on the ballot. Besides, like maybe five or six states, he's he's going to be a non-factor. He's going to be a non-factor. I'm not saying I'm, okay. I'm not saying he's a non-factor, but does he do any damage at all to? to no. no, no. I think he gets less votes than the Green Party. The what party? The great, exactly. Did you say the grape or the great party? Green party. Oh, I'm sorry. I, I heard grape, like a grape party. Oh, I mean, that's almost as good as his name for the his party. The party. Let's move on to something that actually matters. <laughs> 
Okay. Um, as most of y'all know, it came out today, this morning, that the Trump tax return uh, Supreme Court decisions came out. And as everyone or most of you guys know, on both the New York case and the congressional case, there were two for people who don't follow this stuff, too. And they both came down as seven two decisions in favor of Trump releasing his taxes. The congressional one is a little bit more technical. It's more of kicking the can down the road in a more nuanced um, opinion. Let me break them down because I've actually taken a few legal classes. I am not a lawyer, but I do understand these things more than most average people. Um, when it comes down to, let me start with the congressional case. Basically, Congress subpoenaed uh, Trump under a tax law passed in, I, I think it was 1942. It was a really long time ago, and it had never been used until now. Basically saying the IRS has to turn over any tax records Congress asked for. Congress asked for it, and basically Trump tried to block it, went up to the Supreme Court, and what they basically said was, you guys, or Trump is not completely immune just because he's president from any oversight. They knocked down his arguments for why he shouldn't be bothered at all. And then they also said, Congress, you need to give us more reasoning, or you need to give the legal system more reasoning on why you need these returns and then basically said fight it out in lower courts again so that's overall that case and then in the case of new york it was a new york grand jury asking to see his tax returns and they basically said you can have them um long story short um so a lot of people obviously were upset especially on the left because it means Functionally, you're not going to get to see his tax returns before the presidential election. I get it. I personally agree with the first ruling on, or I agree with both rulings. Uh, I think as much as you don't want another Donald Trump, you shouldn't want another McCarthy. You don't want Congress just willy nilly taking the financial records of any politician for partisan reasons. So they do need to provide lit, like if the Supreme Court said you don't have enough reason, you don't have enough reason and you need to do a little bit better. <laughs> but the New York case that went against them and of course no one knows when that stuff could come out. So Andy, uh, after hearing about that, uh, what's your reaction to those court cases i mean i like i said i both of them make sense with them you know agreeable i i can see why people on the left are a little upset about hey you know we've been wanting this tax returns before he became president why don't we have them now but they have to understand legality of stuff and the way just legal stuff works and, and politics works is it doesn't work like instant right it takes time to do things you look at, let, let's say, an example of, it's way more of an extreme case than I'm presenting, but if you ever watched the movie Ashton, the report, mm -hmm. um, when they exposed a lot of, of the torture the CIA did after 9-11, that took many, many, many years to finally, a lot of back and forth between Congress and the CIA and a lot, a lot of stuff, but it took years for that. And, you know, it's only been what, three, four years since these whole taxes thing. So, you know, 
they will be released. It, it might be after presidency. You know, I, you know, you can look at our, our our June election prediction to see that we don't think he's going to be president anyways. So you know, mm-hmm. releasing these taxes won't help or hurt him really because he's not going to win in our opinion. But it will just hurt his legacy even more if you know these taxes come out and it shows maybe some illegal Shady activity. Stuff. I, yeah. I I I will say um, I think it should be a I don't think it would be a constitutional amendment. It should definitely be a federal law that any candidate running for federal office has to release their tax returns. I feel like it's important knowledge for the American people to know your financial situation when you're going into office, especially from the person who runs the um, runs the background checks for the federal, federal government. If you don't know this, Andy, the person who controls or is in charge of the security clearance all the security clearances in the government is the president. Technically, he's the top dog. And guess what? If you have a security clearance, you need to have your financial records constantly checked. So it makes no sense to have the person ahead of that system not being checked. And they do yep. that because you can become compromised. So oh, yeah. um, it, that's just one of those things. I think that should be federal law. And I think that's something Congress will probably fix after uh, Trump leaves the White House. Yeah, we've always had so many trouble with trying to keep financial corruption and dirty money out of politics. But this has been going on for years. And it, I, one law will help, but it's something that we're always going to have to deal with. People are oh, corrupt. Yeah. Bad people are bad people. Um, but we're hoping that you know, if you can release tax returns and financial stuff before presidency... Like you said, the people that has the power to clear someone aren't, aren't going to clear someone that is directly tied to them in some kind of scheme. Of course, like Nixon or something like that. They were both, both court rulings were seven to two, so they weren't narrow rulings. And both, I believe both had the Trump justices rule against him, which I think is fascinating and uh, I love the meme or the picture where it shows the the I think it's a flood and it has the Buck Gorsuch sign like barely under like starting to be underwater because that's where I feel like the the conservative movement is now. It's like it was but the economy, but the judges and you see both like I've I've always liked his nom- nominees for justices. I thought Trump picked two good ones, even though he didn't pick them. The I think Judicial Society, or it, it's some conservative group that just hands him the list, and Trump just looks like, whatever. This guy says he likes me. That's good enough. <laughs> so, um, so that um, that's it. That's it for the news. Andy, you got anything else to add? Wear a mask. <laughs> All right, guys. <laughs> uh, see you on the next show.